Dr. Joel Wallach's groundbreaking studies over decades of research have revealed numerous facts and truths about your health which are radically different from what you have been led to believe by the medical community. These findings have been distributed worldwide through the material on this phenomenal CD, Dead Doctors Don't Lie, with more than 200 million copies in circulation. Recorded during Dr. Wallach's lectures, this CD touches on a wide range of subjects including aging, heart disease, cholesterol, arthritis, cancer, diabetes, Alzheimer's, and pregnancy. In all, Dr. Wallach addresses 25 topics and engages in question and answer sessions with the audience. And his book is a comprehensive expansion of the material on the CD with over 400 pages of information which can significantly impact your quality and length of life. You'll learn how to identify 90 essential nutrients, many of which are not available in food, prevent and reverse 412 diseases with vitamins, minerals, and herbs, reach your genetic potential for a long and happy life. Eliminate a major portion of costly medical expenses, take responsibility for your health, and much, much more. Dr. Wallach's Dead Doctors Don't Lie 400-page book and multi-million selling CD can both be yours today for a gift of $40. It's not too early or too late to gain the knowledge and tools you must have to rescue and revolutionize your health and that of your family and loved ones. Call or order online today. Pastor Benny Hinn has delivered a clarion call for the body of Christ to place a renewed emphasis on the gift of prophecy through his message, The Three Realms of the Prophetic. We need the prophetic people. We've lacked, the, look what's going on in the body of Christ today, because we've lacked, the, nobody prophesies anymore. Nobody affirms, nobody confirms, nobody has a word of knowledge or wisdom or discerning of spirits. Nobody can affirm anybody's life. Nobody can bring illumination, revelation, utterance. And that's why we're dying. It's time we bring it back. And that's why I'm talking about it tonight. And I want everyone watching the program and, and here to start seeking it with all your might and heart. Let me hear out. Praise the Lord. Now, join Pastor Benny as he concludes his message by explaining how you can develop the gift of prophecy in your own life and ministry, seeking this anointing as described in 1 Corinthians 12, 31, where we are told to covet earnestly the best gifts. First, you, you, you develop the ministry by, by earnestly coveting the gift. You've got to understand that you have to ask for it. You have to remember that the early church, it was a vital part of their life. You've got to understand that it brings the Father of Pentecost, and you've got to know that it comes by the Holy Ghost. So you seek the Holy Ghost for the prophetic, and he'll, he'll give it to you. Number two, you have to release your faith. You can't prophesy without faith. Faith is very important because... 
we prophesy, the Bible says, according to the proportion of faith. That's in Romans 12, 6 and 8. 6 through 8. We're going to see this on, this on the screen, Romans 12. Dear God, I feel it here. Sorry to wake you up. I'm glad. So. Having, the <laughs> having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy what? According to the proportions of faith. So we, without releasing faith, we cannot see it happen in our life. And the Bible says to increase one's faith for this, for this realm, we must continually hear the word of God. The word of God is the gasoline behind the prophetic. So the Bible says, Romans 10, 8 through 10, Romans 10, 11. I think you all know it. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. But I've got to read Romans 10, 8, 9, 10, because I think it's important that we understand the prophetic is released when the word of God has saturated your heart. But what say that? The word is not even in your mouth, in your heart. The word of faith which we preach. Verse 9, please. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Next verse, please. Thank you. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made. So here we see again, it's all about faith. Then, then Romans 10, 17. Romans 10, 17. I'm going to put that on the screen for me quickly too. Because it's so important that the Word of God be the fuel, be the power, be the gasoline, be the energy behind the prophetic in your life. When you fill your heart with the Word, it triggers it. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word. So you, you, you release your faith, but how can you release faith if you don't have it? It's released by the Word of God. So that dynamic faith, dynamic power, that is deposited in your life, God's word itself. And now your heart will be in the right position to prophesy. You got to bring your heart in the right spot. Are you listening? Comprende? Good. Number three. You got to learn to operate in the anointing. So, operating in the, in the anointing demands that we worship to connect with the anointing, demands that we get into communion with the Lord, which is our prayer life, to connect with the anointing, and demands that we, we, we receive the word into our spirit man to connect with the anointing. Because through the word, once the word gets into your heart, not into your head, into your heart, once the word of God becomes life, Jesus becomes real. And when Jesus becomes real, you'll be connected to the anointing of God. Worship connects you to the person of Jesus because in, in worship, he becomes real. And when he becomes real, it connects you to the anointing. Same thing with, with of course, uh, prayer and so on. Because as you commune with, with, with him quietly in those blessed morning hours or, or afternoon or evening hours, he becomes real and you connect. And when you connect with the Lord... The anointing flows, and when the anointing flows, it empowers the prophetic. Number four, you must come under the anointing of an anointed person. You can't be, receive the prophetic if you're away from that realm. 
you got to bring yourself under the anointing of someone who's anointed. Because there you'll, you'll hear a specific word. There's something going to happen to you that will trigger it. Under the anointing of a... I still listen to Catherine's tapes. You say, why? She's been dead. Oh, the word of God is alive. Maybe she... But the word is alive. You go out to my car out there tonight, there's KK right in there. There's about five CDs with three teachers on each. I listen to those. I'm going down. Why listen to garbage? I don't want to listen to CNN or anything else. I'm listening to KK and I'm loving it. Man, sometimes I get so anointed in the car, I want to stop and lay hands on somebody. <laughs> lay hands on anything that's, that's, that's out there or moving. Because the anointing on her stirs the anointing on me. Anointing stirs anointing. You come under that umbrella, whoop, something happens to you. And the umbrella can be a tape. The umbrella can be a book. You come under that umbrella and you watch something will happen because God, I feel, I'm telling you, I'm feeling the anointing just talking to you about this. Because God will give you a specific word. I got out of my garage. I put my car on. I turned my car on. The tape began to play. I was, that day was one of the worst in my life. This was about three and a half years ago. I was so discouraged. I was in the pits. And Catherine's voice comes on. Are you discouraged today? <laughs> Man, I almost flipped. Now you listen to me. I'm going to give you the word of the Lord. I began crying. When I got up to my street, I was already coming out of my discouragement. Because, the, and she starts talking to me. She's been dead. Since 76, she probably taped that program sometimes way back then. It was for me at that moment. You know God has called you. Word for word. You know God has called you. Even Elijah understood discouragement. All she had to say is, Benny, are you, are you listening? <laughs> that's, that's the only thing missing. Man, she was talking to me. Don't you know God has anointed you? I thought, dear God, is she dead? <laughs> is this really a tape or is she just speaking through my, mic, uh, through my speaker? <laughs> Prophetic. Lifted me out of the pits. One word will change your life. Prophetic. There's a girl named Judy that works at TBN. You know who Judy is? Works with Margie, with, uh, with uh, Paul Crouch's secretary. Oh, precious Judy. I just talked to her a few days ago. I was so down in the dumps years ago in, in Orlando. You know, as a pastor, you get into all kinds of wars. Your staff, you're this, you're this. And I just, I was on Lake Mary, about to go on I-4. I said, dear Jesus, please, please, dear Jesus. That was a word for word. Dear Jesus, please, just let me know, are you still there? Just let me know you're still there. The phone rings. It's Judy, who works at TBN. 
Pastor Benny, she said, Dr. Crouch wants to talk to you. Paul, meaning Paul Sr. I didn't feel like talking to nobody. I was crying in the car, asking Jesus to make himself real and please answer just, because I was about to quit. I said, Lord, just let, me, let me, just let me know if you're there. Judy says, Pastor Benny, she said, just before Paul comes on the phone, may I tell you something? Oh, yes. She said, this morning I woke up and God gave me a word for you. She said, I may, may I open my, my computer? She said, it's on my computer. I wrote it down for you. I said, oh, thank you very much. First words in the prophecy. How can you ask if I'm still there? <laughs> First words in that prophecy. When she began reading it, how do you... The Lord is, how do you, she, he was asking me, how is it you ask? If, if, if you're, don't you know I'm there? She starts to answer the thing I just asked seconds ago. Man, I was flying. Now I was ready for Paul, Jan, and the whole gang. I was ready for the whole world to talk to me. Because suddenly I am awakened by one prophetic word. You see how much we need it? Start prophesying. Now, Jeremiah 20, verse 9, Jeremiah 15, verse 16. Please write this down. Um, because this is how it's going to come. Jeremiah 20, verse 9 says, it'll be like fire in your heart. Jeremiah 15, 16 says, joy in your life, joy in your heart. Because when God gives you a word, you're going to feel something in your being. Uh, Psalm 45 verse 1 says, uh, my heart is entitling a good thing. You start to feel good when you don't know why you're feeling good. Deep in, your, deep in your guts, deep in your spirit, you feel peace. It's not like a passing thought. It's not an idea. It's, it's, it's a quickening of the spirit that comes on you. Number five, I'm almost done. To trigger the prophetic, when you're under that anointing, because remember, you've got to bring yourself under the ministry of someone anointed, and that anointing will rub on you eventually. When that anointing starts to work on your life, the prophetic uh, uh, breaks out when you speak the right word at the right time. And, and, and if you wait till after intense worship has concluded, it's when it works best. You get into worship with a, with a group of saints and just worship and worship and worship and come into that intensity comes on you as you come into worship. And suddenly, the Word of God will begin to bubble inside of you. You're going to start feeling fire in your bones or joy in your heart or you'll entitle a good thing, like Psalm 45, 1 says. And next thing you know, you'll wait for the right moment, the right time, and prophesy to somebody. Lift your hands and say, I'm ready. Yes. Number six, very quickly. You have to learn to discern the thoughts of the Holy Spirit by knowing the strength of the wind, you cannot prophesy without knowing the strength of the wind. When I would go to Bezak Center, when I would go to 
the church, uh, Maxwell White, he would give the, the, the people a time to prophesy. After worship and praise, people would prophesy out loud, but it was controlled. And it, it really has to be. Often I would prophesy to the congregation, and I would feel the strength of the wind of the Holy Ghost. I would feel something stirring in me. How many understand? Say, I do. You feel something stirring in you, and you can't stop. You, it's like your mouth has got to open, and you got to talk. And you're not afraid. If you're afraid, it'll kill it. you got to let loose. And so that is very, very important. And, and um, we human beings are liable to make mistakes. So it's important before the prophetic breaks out that you bring every thought into subjection to the Holy Spirit. And finally, stir up the gift. That's 2 Timothy 1.6. And, and I believe the best way to stir up the gift is by reading the Bible out loud. I'm telling you, I've learned that. You stir the, the, the gift of God in you quicker when you're listening to your mouth talk. When you're listening to the Word of God coming out of your mouth. Pastor Benny Hinn wants you to develop the gift of prophecy in your own life and ministry. His complete message on the three realms of the prophetic is available as a digital audio download at www.bennyhinn.org. It is his free gift to you, so go online today. Thank you for watching the program today. I pray the Lord will bless you richly. I want to talk to you today about what the Bible has to say in the scriptures about giving the balanced message of giving in the Word of God. Paul the Apostle was raising an offering for the church in Jerusalem because of the famine, and he wrote to the church in Corinth, which is present-day Greece, these amazing words in 2 Corinthians 8, beginning at verse 1. And now I would like to read from verse 1 to verse 8. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liber liberality. Now, he was talking about the, the grace of God abiding on them because of their desire to give to the Lord's work. For to their power I bear record Yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. Notice that he calls giving the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord. And I think that's the key when it comes to giving. Once a person has given his life, everything else is easy then. They have given themselves to, to the Lord and unto us by the will of God in so much that we desired Titus, that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also, meaning that I'm going to send Titus to you the church in Corinth to remind you of the promise you made to help the saints in Jerusalem. And then he said this, therefore, as you abound in everything, 
in faith, in utterance, in knowledge, in all diligence, and in your love to us. See that you abound in this grace or in giving also. Amazingly, Paul the Apostle says here that you are to raise your giving to the level of your love. Or, begins here, he says, therefore as you abound in everything, in faith, in utterance, in knowledge, in diligence, and in your love. See that you are bound in this grace also. What he was saying is, if you're walking in love and you love the Lord, you're walking in full faith, you're walking in the knowledge of God's word, in being diligent when it comes to the Lord, then you have to also raise that giving, which is called the grace here, to the same level. So giving is in the Bible. But why do we do it? Why do we give? And he says this, because it's all there in verse 8. I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love. So when I love someone, what do I do? I give them something. That's one of the languages of love anyways. When I love someone, I show it to them by my actions and so much more, by the things I say, by the things I do, because love is something we do. It's not something we just say. It's something we do. When we give to the Lord's work, we're telling him, I love you, Lord. I love your gospel, Lord. You've touched my life, Lord, and I want to see others touched like I was blessed. When someone is healed or saved or delivered, you want to give because you want to see others blessed with salvation, healing, and deliverance. So today, let's give to the Lord's work because we love Him, because we adore Him, because we love His gospel and the mention of the name of Jesus. Let's do it today. God bless you. About five years ago, I started having a lot of pain in my right arm, and it got so bad that I couldn't even pick up a piece of paper. It was just excruciating pain. They had decided that I had um, tendonitis, so they finally did surgery. Well, the surgery didn't do anything for my right arm, so now they wanted to do surgery on my left arm because it was in the same condition that my right arm was. But I said, well, if it didn't do any good on my right arm, why should I do my left? Before she started getting what appeared to be the tendonitis, uh, we were extremely active. Uh, we ran uh, groups in the home. We, we counseled people. Uh, we ministered at church. I just loved being with my grandkids, doing my gardening. Very, very active. It was very hard to hold me down. And then once the pain started, it, uh, my whole life changed. It seemed like everything was between one pain pill to the next pain pill. If I couldn't get enough pain pills, I couldn't function. It just seemed like it, it was this monster that had just taken over my entire body until I wasn't able to move anymore. She moaned all night and I couldn't stand it. Doreen's pain was so excruciating. She looked like she aged a lot. I mean, she was just in such agony. 
It was like the person that I used to be didn't exist anymore. And finally, we went to the, a wonderful doctor, and she was the one who told us that I had fibromyalgia. I began to think that I was useless. I always believed that Jesus died for not only my sins, but he died for my healing. So I believed that. But after year after year after year, when I just kept getting sicker and sicker, my faith um, began to get less and less and less. I even doubted if God even knew I was there or God loved me anymore. And so friends of mine called and they wanted to, to, uh, to take me to a Benny Hinn crusade. And I, was, I thought, well, I'll never be able to go because I was in so much pain. It took a, little, a lot of persuasion to get Doreen to go. But we loaded her up with uh, medication and uh, got her in a wheelchair and uh, got her there. They wheeled me in in uh, a wheelchair. And I remember that my body hurt so bad, I didn't know whether I could sit there or not. I remember closing my eyes and saying to the Lord, um, Jesus, I don't have any faith right now. Um, I don't, but I know you do. And so I said, Jesus, I just need your faith because I know you have plenty of it. And then a lady came to, 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 to ask me if uh, she could pray for me. And I said, yeah, and she started praying for me. And she said, you know, I believe you're gonna be healed today. Now what happened this morning? The lady came and prayed for me, and as she prayed, I felt completely no, 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 no pain. And then my neck, I moved my neck. I've not been able to move my neck at all. And it's just, just no pain. And walk. So then I got up, and I started walking. I could not walk. Let me see. I started walking around, and I realized I have no pain anywhere. And I turned back, and I looked at my husband, and I, I, I mean, we were both just crying and crying because there was totally, absolutely no pain in my body. For the first time in six years, I had no pain at all. And he just reached out and she fell down. And he came over to me and asked me why I was crying. I said, I got my wife back. I got my wife back. I was healed. And I just, I can't even tell you the feeling I had in myself. I just thought, oh, God really does love me. And he really does heal today. He really does. I mean, I thought my life was over, but actually it had just, it's just begun. It's just begun. Proverbs 4 says, attend to my word, incline to my sayings. Let the word not depart from your eyes. Keep the word in the midst of your heart. They are life. The word is life to those that find the word and health to all your flesh. I have a CD where I, I read the word with beautiful healing songs, healing music behind them. If you need that, if you are struggling with some sickness in your body, get that CD. Let the word begin to penetrate your life. God's Word Speaks Healing is a unique audio compilation on which Pastor Benny Hinn reads promises of health and wholeness from throughout the scriptures as beautiful instrumental music from his favorite healing songs and hymns plays in the background. 
For I am the Lord that healeth thee. You can have God's Word Speaks Healing on CD for a gift of $15 or as a digital download for a gift of $8. Call, write, or order your copy of this faith-building volume online today. 1-800-273-7825. 